0: Hello, South Dakotans. Welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root.
1: Thank you everyone for tuning in. For any new listeners out there, welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. Despite the problems and issues we have in America today and elsewhere in the world, for most of us, it's still a great day to be alive, and I am extremely grateful to be one of them. If you are new to the show, don't forget to go to dakotarustler.org for anything Dakota Rustler related. And if you've been a long time listener but you haven't Subscribe to whatever you listen on at this point, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Odyssey. Please subscribe. The more subscribers I get, the more I can do with this show. The show is dedicated to open minds, free thought, free speech, and a free economy, and so much more. Government does not solve issues, it simply gets in the way of real people solving real problems in their own time with real solutions. Today I'm going to tackle climate change and or global warming or whatever you choose to call it in an episode called Why We Still Need Coal. The environmental extremist, and I emphasize extremists, would have you believe the ecological world is one minute shy of midnight, which has basically been their mantra for about three decades now. Trust me, we're a long way off from one minute until midnight. This episode covers an AP article out of Dahanbad, India, a place where people aren't so fortunate as myself. And their reliance, as well as the world's reliance, on coal, that evil harbinger of death. Ooh. It starts out by stating, quote, Every day, Raju, or Rahu, it may be pronounced, gets on his bicycle, and unwillingly pedals the world a tiny bit closer to climate catastrophe. Every day, he straps half a dozen sacks of coal pilfered from mines, up to 200 kilograms, which is 440 pounds for those not on the metric system, to, the reinf- to his reinforced metal frame of his bicycle. Riding mostly at night, and to avoid police and the heat, he transports the coal 16 kilometers, which is 10 miles, to traders who pay him $2. Oh, big whopping $2. This has been Raju's life since he arrived in Badanbad, an eastern Indian city in Jharkhand State in 2016. Hopefully I pronounced those Indian names correctly annual floods in his home region have decimated traditional farm jobs coal is all he has repeat coal is all he has thousands of others do the same imagine doing that listeners transporting 400 plus pounds of coal on a bicycle at night to make a mere two dollars that's two if you think you have it bad guess again things could be so much worse for you as you can surmise this story is about coal and its effect on the environment anyone who has been a reader of mine a listener of mine for any length of time knows that not only do i question global warming or climate change if that's what you choose to call it choose to call it but i also question that mankind is the major cause i have long argued that we couldn't change earth's temperatures if we wanted to if we take the time to look beyond our world, Earth, and, say, we look at Mars, terraforming a planet beyond what nature does by itself is still something as science fiction novels, not actual science. We tend to forget that. We couldn't do it if we wanted to. Earth, on the other hand, has been terraforming itself for thousands of years. I sit here in my comfortable home in South Dakota where 10,000 years ago we were covered by an ice sheet. It disappeared long before mankind's industrial revolution took place. I also did my own study around five years ago on temperature extremes in the U.S. What did that study reveal? Well, it showed that 31 of the 50 states recorded their all-time high temperature between 1880 and 1940 a 60-year period in 1880s when temperature recordings really took started taking effect in this country. Only 19 of the states did so in 80 years following 1940, with only 8 of those since the year 1990. In addition, just as many states, 8, recorded their all-time low temperature in that same time frame of 1990 to 2020. Another study suggests that high temperatures are not increasing, but average lows aren't remaining as low as they were, creating an average overall temperature that is slightly higher. This can be explained quite easily with heat sinks, better known as cities, that absorb heat during the day and slowly release it at night. Since most weather stations are located inside or near city boundaries, this only makes sense. But consider what would happen if we only recorded temperatures from stations away from cities where heat sinks don't exist. Who knows? But I digress. Let's get back to the AP story. Earth desperately needs people to stop burning coal. Oh, this is a quote from the AP story. Earth desperately needs people to stop burning coal. The the biggest single source of greenhouse gases, to avoid the most catastrophic impacts of climate change, they claim, including the intense flooding that has cost agricultural jobs in India. But people rely on coal. It is the world's biggest source of fuel for electric power, and so many, desperate like Raju, depend on it for their lives. This is what the United Nations Climate Change Conference in Scotland, known as COP20, or COP26, is up against. And that's COP26, not 20. So there you have it. In a simple statement, people's lives depend on it. What Lion Biden wants to do is put the world's poorest of people in a state of poverty so bad that their poverty will literally kill them. As I said a couple of podcasts ago... Who's dehumanizing who, Mr. Biden? You're nothing but a liberal puppet, and your early Alzheimer's is showing through your lace persona. You can't even talk off script anymore without stuttering your way through it. I saw you losing your faculties long before you were elected, yet you still were. The article then continues. The poor have nothing but sorrow, but so many people, they've been saved by coal. Raju said. I repeat, saved by coal. Alak Sharma, the United Kingdom's president designate of the conference, said in May that he hoped the conference would mark the moment where coal is left, quote, in the past where it belongs, unquote. Well, guess what, Mr. Sharma? Putting coal in the past is going to kill poor people in third world countries. But why should you worry about that? You probably have a nice home to sit in, you're probably financially stable enough to afford higher cost forms of electricity and heat and air conditioning. That can't be said for developing countries and their citizens. Let's read on. These poorer countries argue that they should be allowed carbon credits so they can grow as developed nations have, that is, by burning cheap fuels like coal, which is used in industrial processes such as steelmaking along with electric power generation. On average, the typical American uses 12 times more electricity than the typical Indian. There are over 27 million people in India who don't have any electricity at all. None. Zip. Nada. So there we have two more issues. First, coal is used in steel making. Is coal necessary for that? Simple answer is no. However, without going into the scientific processes, producing steel without coal is much more expensive, and doing so would greatly increase its price, and in turn, the cost of everything made with steel. The second issue. Americans use 12 times the electricity of someone in India. Everything we do in this country is electricity-based. Who uses manual labor tools and devices anymore? And... And, and we are becoming ever more dependent on it as everything is attached to the digital world nowadays. I limit my electricity usage. I still do most kitchen chores by hand, not with fancy gadgets. Most lights in my house are LED, a temperature-controlled thermostat sits on my wall, and more. I've been a self-supporting adult for 45 years. The number of times I've had an electric bill over $100, I can count on both hands. How many greeny preachers can say that? Probably a very small percentage. Can Greta Thunberg's parents say that? I do more than they do. However, I don't want to destroy the lives of the poor in third world provinces by eliminating coal. Force and deprivation are not libertarian ideals. Yes, I'm all for reducing coal's usage, but it can only go so far so fast. Those who want to completely eliminate it have no conscience. With that, we'll take a break and then return with more followed by my summary. See you in about 50 seconds.
0: If you enjoy grilling and cooking, Camp Ridger seasonings are for you. All four blends are salt-free and designed to enhance the flavor of food, not bury it. The popular four-pack can be purchased and shipped anywhere in the continental U.S. for around $33, depending on your state sales tax rate. Visit our sponsor's website at Campbridger.com or Campbridger.net for more information. Anything Dakota Rustler related can be found at DakotaRustler.org. There you will find links to audio and video versions of the latest episodes. You can also support the show through purchase of merchandise, donations, or sponsorship. Sponsors will be recognized on air and or the website. Thank you for listening. And now back to the show. The
1: article goes on. By the way, welcome back. The article goes on. Power demand in India is expected to grow faster than anywhere in the world over the next two decades. The reason for this being economic growth combined with increasing demand for air conditioning that much of the rest of the world takes for granted. Meeting that demand will not fall to people like Raju, but to coal India, already the world's largest miner. Which aims to increase production to over 1 billion tons a year by 2024. The consequences will be felt both globally and locally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unless the world drastically cuts greenhouse gas emissions, the planet will suffer even more extreme heat waves, erratic rainfall, and destructive storms in coming years. According to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, As I've said before and in the past, this is a crock of bull dung. I've done other studies that I've put on Facebook when I had an account with that big tech privacy abuser. Fires are no more rampant than they were in the past. Floods are no more prevalent. They simply get more attention because of 24-7 news and because population centers have grown to the point where they invade areas that were once off-limits to housing and excess use. Hence, they do far more damage. On top of that, most fires are started by careless humans and poorly maintained power companies, not nature and high temperatures. Let's continue. The AP states there are roughly 300,000 people working directly with India's government-owned coal mines, earning fixed salaries and benefits, and there are nearly 4 million People in India whose livelihoods are directly or indirectly linked to coal, says Sandeep Pai of the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. India's coal belt is dotted by industries that need the fuel, like steel and brick making. The Indian Railways, being the country's largest employers, earn half of their revenue by transporting coal, allowing it to subsidize passenger travel. Coal is an ecosystem, Pi says. So there's another issue. Coal subsidies, passenger travel in India, if one eliminates coal, passenger travel is affected negatively. As I've stated most of my adult life, Democrats have little to no concept of how an economy actually works. Virtually everything is connected. The economy has its own butterfly effect. You can't just cut something off and expect a handful of people to be effective. It's an ongoing chain of events. let's read on. For people like Narish Chahan, 50 years of age, and his wife, Rena Devi, It was 45. India's economic slowdown, resulting from the overresponse to the pandemic, has intensified their dependence on coal. The two have lived in a village at the end of Jaharia coalfield in Danbad all their lives. Accidental fires, some of which have been blazing for decades, have charred the ground and left it spongy. Smoke hisses from cracks in the surface near their hut. Fatal sinkholes are common. Anyone living near Centralia, Pennsylvania can relate to that situation. The couple earn $3 a day selling four baskets of scavenged coal to traders. Families who've lived amid coal mines for generations rarely own any land they can farm and have nowhere else to go. Nourish has hopes that his son would learn to drive so that he could get away, but even that not, may not be enough. There's less work for the city's existing taxi drivers. Wedding parties who in the past reserved cars to ferry guests have shrunk due to the pandemic. Fewer travelers come to the city before because of the pandemic. There is just coal, stone, and fire. Nothing else here, he says. That could mean even harder times for the people in Donbad, as the world eventually does turn away from coal. Pi says this is already happening as renewable energy gets cheaper and coal becomes less and less profitable. And there, my listeners, you have the answer that will actually work, supply and demand, something that libertarians reg- regularly suggest. As renewables get cheaper, people will use coal less. This is how an economy actually works. It's a process that takes time and far more accurately represents the actual value of something. When a government gets involved in that process, you have what we have today, high inflation. You just can't cut something off or throw endless amounts of money at a problem. If Lion Biden understood this, we wouldn't be in the inflationary and shortage situations that we now face. Well, actually we probably would be. Remember, he's just a liberal puppet. Maybe we could give him a name and include him in the Muppet family. I know. Instead of fozzy, we can call them fuzzy. After all, that's what its mental state has become in recent years. The answer for India and other countries with coal-dependent regions is to diversify their economies and retrain workers, both to protect the livelihoods of workers and to help speed the transition away from coal by offering new opportunities. Exactly how is that done? Well, I'll be the first to admit, I don't have a simple answer to that. That is India's problem to deal with. The United States, however, can certainly help by keeping trade open with India as much as possible. Perhaps instead of relying so much on China for everything we buy, which I always complain about, maybe we could come up with a treaty or two that would encourage more deals with India instead, within the realm of supply and demand, of course. Otherwise, more will end up like Murti Devi, Again, I hope I pronounce these names correctly, as the AP article included in their story. The 32-year-old single mother of four lost the job she had all her life when the mine she worked for closed four years ago. Nothing came of the resettlement plans promised by the coal company, so she, like so many others, turned to scavenging coal. On good days, she'll make a single dollar—a dollar. A dollar On other days she relies on neighbors for help. If there is coal, she states, then we live. If there isn't any coal, then we don't live. So once again, as I constantly warn others, the government, with all its good intentions and nobleness, usually manages to harm more people than it benefits. They, like a young toddler out exploring without oversight, don't consider the consequences of their own actions. Some of the laws of physics also apply to the laws of economics, one being this. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I did a podcast about this in my first season, which you can listen to by becoming a contributing member at dakotarustler.org. If I recall correctly, the, it was entitled Economics the Other Half. The government that operates best is the government that operates least. It's the government that helps prevent the abuse of one entity by that of another. It's the government that allows solutions to be implemented by people far smarter than they. What governments touch is almost always rife with inefficiencies, fraud, and hypocrisy. Oh, and let's not forget theft. Yes, we should be concerned about our environment. However, I'm far more concerned about pollution, which coal is definitely a part of, than I am whether the temperature increases a couple of degrees or not. Farms in northern latitudes should actually have longer growing seasons. Fruits that we import from equatorial regions could possibly be grown in southern states. People adapt. It's what they've done for thousands of years. The only thing that never changes is is that everything will always change. With that, let's call it another episode in the books. You know the mantra, question authority, and always be free.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of D.L. Root. All rights reserved by D.L. Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Products available at campridger.net.